0: Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. And we rejoice, everybody say we rejoice, in hope, hallelujah, everybody say hope, in the glory of the glory of God. My message tonight to you is divine delays, divine delays. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. This portion of scripture tells us that we have access by faith. You got faith tonight. You believe in your God. Hallelujah! And we have peace with God. Hallelujah! In the presence of the Lord comes into this place and we begin to worship him. Can you just feel the peace that comes in to this place? Hallelujah. We have access, amen, to this through faith, unto this grace wherein we stand and we rejoice in hope. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 24 says, We are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for it? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it? And we become like our father Abraham, the father of the faithful, who in verse 4 of that same book of Romans, or chapter 4 in verse 18, he says, who against hope believed in hope. When it didn't look like it was going to happen. Like a, against hope, it just, you know, I don't, I don't see any possible way, but he believed in hope. That he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. When we have faith in God and that he's going to see us through, amen, it's imputed to us for righteousness. God smiles on that kind of faith, amen. We realize that here Abraham had a divine delay in his life. That God had promised him this son that was going to produce multitudes of people. And he was going to be the father of many nations. And we see that Abraham believed in that. And even when he got up into the years and he was beyond childbearing, he believed in hope. He had hope against hope. Amen. Even when he didn't quite know how it was going to happen, he had hope. But verse 20 is an interesting statement here where it says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Because we look at his life and we know that he did try to take matters into his own hands. That's the first thing that we try to do when we're in a divine hold or in a divine delay. God's not moving fast enough for us. We try to take matters into our own hands. And usually, just like Abraham did, we mess things up. But I believe that God is inspiring the writer here as he looks through the blood of Calvary and the cross of Calvary. He's saying, write these words that he staggered not. At the promise of God through unbelief. He might have made a mistake. He might have had some faults and failures in his life. But he was strong in faith. Hallelujah. I encourage you today that no matter what you're going through. No matter what kind of hold that God has put in your life. Hold strong to your faith. Amen. Because God is going to see you through. Amen. Nothing can stop the church of the living God. As a matter of fact, he said that hell itself cannot prevail against the church. Are you the church? Yes, we are the church. Hallelujah. And God has a plan for each and every one of us. God desires to move in our lives, but on his timetable. Don't stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. And so we become kind of weird people because the Bible says we rejoice in hope. We don't see it, but yet we still rejoice in it. We were doing that tonight. Perhaps some of you were under pressure tonight. You don't understand what's going on in your life, but you still began to worship God. The Lord. You may be going through a trial or a temptation or troubles in your life. May not understand what is going on. Hallelujah. But we come into the presence of Lord and we begin to worship. Because we get it, hallelujah. We understand that as long as we're in this world, we're going to have tribulations in our life. As long as this, we're in this world, hallelujah, there's going to be the enemy that tries to come against us, to try to come against the will of God in our life. We understand those things are going to happen in our life, but we can come into the presence of the Lord and worship because we know that we are victorious, hallelujah. We can see the end of the road. We've read the end of the book. Hallelujah. And the church is glorious. It's a church triumphant. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what kind of delay that's in your life. We all walk this walk and there are divine delays. Amen. How many of us like to wait? I don't see any hands being raised. I read one statistic that said we spend three years of our life waiting in lines. Oh, that just took all the air out of me just when I read that. Three three years of your life. And that's not counting sleep time. That's just around the clock, those 24 hours. Three years we stand in line. And if you don't believe that, just go down to the DMV. And you'll be able to understand that, yes, we probably wait three years in our life waiting in lines. Amen. But in our lives, we go into different types of rooms in the natural we have in our house, we have the room, you know, the, I can remember when my uh, granddaughter, my first granddaughter was going to be born. I was all excited about that. And at their house, they already had this room prepared. It was painted. It had the the uh, wallpaper on it or whether it had the little baby crib in there and everything was prepared. They were waiting on this child to come home. It was ready. It was prepared and ready. Sometimes we're in the living room and I can, it always makes me think of the living room or the family room, if you will, that we had in our family cabin when I was growing up and we would sit in that room, my cousins and I and my uncles and my grandparents. And it was a great place to be in that room with great memories. Amen. And then we have the dining room where we go and we fellowship and we break the bread, hallelujah, amongst the family and friends of our life. And it's a great room. But then there's the waiting room, or should I say the dreaded waiting room. You ever been at the doctor's office and you just wait and you wait and you wait Nobody likes to wait. Amen. You have a doctor's appointment at 9 a.m. And about 11 o'clock, the doctor gets you in for them to see you. That's the waiting room. Nobody likes it. We don't like it in the natural. Amen. But the word of God is full of examples, example after example after example of divine delays. Amen. I want you to know that if you feel like God's just not moving fast enough, you're in good company. That's all through the Bible. There's, there are examples that God just is taking his time. Amen. We live in this fast paced world. We're a microwave type of people. We want it now. Amen. But the the world's kind of transitioning us. You know, we used to go to McDonald's and get fast food, but now it's fast wrong food Usually when you go through there unfast wrong food and we begin to wait and and we begin to understand that There's just going to be delays. We're living in a crazy world. Amen But god wants us to know that in his life and in his plan for our lives You are going to go through some delays when you're in the waiting room of life. It can be confusing you can even feel a little lost. But the good thing about it is that when we're in that waiting room and we're really, really seeking God, we can get really intense with God. We can get intense about seeking after the Lord and it brings us to our knees, even though living after the spirit can be a little confusing at times. Can you say amen? John chapter three tells us the wind blows where it listeth. You hear the sound thereof. You can't tell where it comes from or whether it's going. He said, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. We are in this natural body and it's hard for us to comprehend sometimes the spiritual aspect of what God is working in. Amen. He said in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, he said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. Turn to your neighbor and tell him the Lord's thoughts are not your thoughts. Can you say thank the Lord? Hallelujah. We can't comprehend a God that's eternal, a God that is all-powerful, a God that is uh, everywhere, omnipresent. Amen. I read this story about a conversation between a man and God, and it goes like this. The man said, God, how long is a million years to you? And God said, well, a million years to me is like one second, just a second. The man said, wow, that's, that's just amazing. He said, well, Lord, how much is a million dollars to you? And God said, well, a million dollars is like one penny to me. A million dollars is enough. The man says, Lord, and he thought for a minute. He said, you know, Lord, can you spare a penny? And God said, sure, just a second. Just wait a million years. Amen. Like those of you that played that lottery, you know, for $1.3 billion. Amen. You just wait a million years. Amen. Hallelujah. But we, by nature, we don't like to wait. Amen. Amen. But Isaiah tells us, but they that wait upon the Lord, they that tarry, they that are in expectation, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. If you are at the bus station and you're awaiting there for somebody to come in, you are waiting on them. You're anticipating that bus to pull into that station. Amen. If you're at the airport and you're waiting for somebody to arrive, you are in expectation that that plane is going to land. I want you to know that you're in a waiting position with Almighty God. Be in an an waiting position of expectation. Hallelujah. We need to expect God to move at any time, in any place. Hallelujah. God can move here tonight. I said God can move here tonight. What is it that you're expecting God to do? God can move in your situation in a moment in a moment's time, God can turn the situation around. You can be sick one day and then God can heal your body. You can be troubled one day. I thought about the song that I, I should have lost my mind. I remember when I was full of drugs and alcohol and that I was literally felt like I was going crazy at one time, but God got a hold of my heart. Hallelujah. He touched my mind. Amen. And some of my family and friends may say I'm still a little touched. But I know that God, hallelujah, has touched me. Hallelujah. I know that when I should have been dead, hallelujah, God spared my life. Jesus is on the throne. It doesn't matter what you have to go through in this life. God has got his hand upon you. God has got a plan for you. Hallelujah. He'll keep you and guide you and he'll lead you. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter where you are in the Lord. We need to have patience. Amen. We don't like that word, patience. But God wants us to be in a state where we have patience. Getting to where we want to go is not as important as becoming what God wants us to be. It's a process. If you look back over your life, you'd have to testify to the fact that it's those hard times. at those times when you just didn't know where God was. And you're just like, God, do you see me down here? You know, I've been there. You've been there. I can remember going through a financial situation. And uh I was just like... It was a long time. <laughs> and they said, well, you got to wait. God's trying to teach you a lesson. I said, I must be a slow learner because I've been waiting a long time. And I'd go and I'd go through McDonald's when they had that $1 million thing. You know, if you've got Park Place and Boardwalk, you know, and I'd go through there and get my Big Mac every time, hoping maybe I would get get, get that and win that sometime. And Pastor... Got up one day and preached, and he says, "If you think you're going to win the the monopoly thing by getting Boardwalk and Park Place, you got another thing coming." It was like God was just talking right to me. But you go through those times, and you you think, "God, where are you? Do you see me down here? Do you understand what I'm going through?" And I told my wife, I said, "I just don't know what we're going to do." And and she's you know she's the rock of the household, and she says, "Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do." She says we're going to go to church today and then we're going to give up tomorrow and we're going to live for God tomorrow. And don't, you just hate people like that when you want to get in a little pity party for yourself, you know, and they said, Oh, everything's going to be all right. Hallelujah. But I am here to tell you that everything is going to be all right. God is going to move in your situation. Hallelujah. God is going to move. In your situation, when we're in tri- uh, tri- uh, tribulation, we're in survival mode. It's either going to draw you closer to God or it's going to drive you away. Amen. But it's my hope that it'll draw you closer because that's the intention of God and you'll look back and you'll see that those hard places and those times of being in that dreaded waiting room were a time of education, a time of building of the faith, a time, you know, things don't bother me today like they used to bother me years ago because I've already been through that situation just like you were. I can remember even when I first got into church and come into the house of God on Sunday and... My family always would meet at my grandmother's and everybody would come and we'd always have, you know, uh, Sunday get togethers with everybody. And they said, you're not going to come. You're not going to be able to be there. And I said, I might be able to stop by for a little while, but I got to go to church, you know. And I just made that decision, you know. And now, and now if they call me, you know, they say, do you have church on this day? Can we have a get together on this day? Because the world knows, hallelujah, when you're going to stand with God and you're going to go through no matter what comes no matter whether the comes your way you're going to live for God because in tribulation times you become in a survival mode the longer you wait sometimes the more you appreciate amen and sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do is just persevere I said the most spiritual thing you can do is just persevere. Just keep pressing on. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to necessarily feel God in it. Hallelujah. You just keep coming. You just keep praying. You just keep reading the Word of God. Hallelujah. And I can guarantee you that you can be confident of this very thing. That He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's coming back, folks, and he's coming back for a church that's made herself ready. Hallelujah. He wants us to know that he's getting ready to call his church home. And all we have to do is persevere, do the work of God, keep praying, keep worshiping, keep coming to the house of God. Amen. And in it all, don't miss what God is trying to teach you along the way. Don't miss it by wanting to get to the next place. Don't miss out on what God's wanting to do by trying to get to this next stage in your life. Luke twenty-one nineteen says this, tells us that in your patience, in your endurance, possess ye your souls. And like I said, the Old Testament is full of examples. One that comes to mind is Joseph. Joseph had a dream. He shared it, thought everybody would be excited, and his brothers hated him for it. They sold him into slavery. He got into slavery. He was in Potiphar's house doing pretty good and, and then he got lied upon and he got thrown into prison. And the butler and the baker got thrown into prison with him. And they both had dreams and, and Joseph was in there and he interpreted the dreams for him and things were going pretty good. And he interpreted the dreams. He said to the baker, he said, you know, they're going to cut off your head. It's not always A good thing to hear from the Lord, right? It's not always a good thing to hear an interpretation of the dream. It wasn't for the baker. He was going to be hung. He said, but to the butler, you're going to be restored to your position. He said, Joseph told him, he said, now, when you get there, don't forget, don't forget about me in here. Remember who it was that told you about this dream. Well, guess what? The butler forgot about him. And the Bible tells us it was two years went by And we don't read of anything happening. Not much happened during this time. Just the dungeon. Just a prisoner. The same four walls. Sometimes you can feel like when you're in that waiting place, God can do great things. He had to been feeling good. God answered his prayers. God told him about the dreams. And then all of a sudden, it went backwards. And the butler forgot about him. He was left there. Just, in the dungeon, just the four walls. We don't hear any word from the Lord. We don't hear anything about Joseph during that time. But Joseph had a constant in his life, and it was God. He gave God all the credit, and he gave God all the glory. And we know that the end of the story is that he did, the butler did remember him one day when the pharaoh had a dream. Amen. I said, hey, there's a guy in prison that can interpret the dreams. And we know the rest of the story, how Joseph's dream came to pass. But it took a pretty few, a long number of years. I don't know how many there were. We know at least two because that's how long he was in that dungeon. And it was more than that. But he had to wait on the blessing and the plan of God in his life. But he held strong. We read about Abraham's long wait for his son Isaac. Moses, one of the greatest leaders of the Old Testament, spent 40 years on the backside of the desert after God had called him. And then 40 years after he got to be in his position, 40 years of wandering around in the wilderness, 80 years of his life waiting. And then he was never allowed to enter into the promised land. Amen. David, we read about David and on his way, he was anointed as a young man to be king. But we realize that he had to wait and there was a lot of lessons that he had to learn along the way But god never forgot about him. God never left him These divine delays the bible tells us they are for our Example and we need to realize that we are also going to go through delays in our life In the new testament we read about in john chapter 11 that a man by the name of lazarus got sick And he was in Bethany, town of Mary and his sister Martha. They were friends of Jesus. And they sent word to Jesus, Lazarus is sick. You need to come. In verse 6 of John chapter 11, when he heard this, therefore, that he was sick, that Lazarus was sick, he, Jesus, abode two days still in the same place where he was. He purposely waited Amen. Of course, we know the end of the story. He told his disciples, he says, I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. I'm glad we delayed this because you're going to see a great miracle. Hallelujah. We know the end of the story that Martha comes to him and says, you know, if you just had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus said, I'm the resurrection. I'm the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, shall yet shall he live. She says, I know in that last day. He said, no, Mary, I am the resurrection. Hallelujah. We can put our hope into some future thing in heaven. But I want you to know that Jesus can resurrect something in your life today, right now, here on this side of glory. Amen. Because nothing is impossible with our God. I said, nothing is impossible with our God. Hallelujah. Our God can do anything. Hallelujah. And Mary came to Jesus also and said, you know, she fell down and said the same things. And Jesus was grieved in his heart because of their unbelief. But he said unto them, bring forth Lazarus. And we know that Lazarus was brought forth from the grave. I don't know if there's anything that has died in your life, but I want you to know that Jesus can resurrect it. Jesus can resurrect a dream, maybe a hope that's been gone in your life or you feel like it's been gone and it's never coming back. I want you to know that Jesus is the resurrection. We read about a man by the name of Jairus. And behold, there was, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogues, Jairus by name. I like that. He said, "Jarius by name. I want you to know that God knows your name. He's got your zip code. You can feel like, man, I'm out here. I don't know if anybody knows where I'm at. Nobody knows what I'm going through. God knows what you're going through. God knows where you're at. He's got your zip code. He knows your name. He said, I call my sheep by name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jarius came to him and prayed. He said, my little daughter, you know, she's, at the point of she's dying, she's sick, and would you come and pray for him? And Jesus went with him. The Bible says that Jesus went with him. He had to be excited about that. He came and asked Jesus to come, and Jesus was going to go, amen, and do this work for him. But along the way, a certain woman, which had an issue of blood at 12 years, she came on the journey. And just think about Jairus there or Jarius, or however you say it. Just think about him. You know, here, my daughter's sick. I, I want the Lord to come. But along the way, a certain woman came with a desperate need and touched Jesus, and he stopped, and he healed her body. Amen. Before, and then the, the the servants came and said, don't bother the master any longer. He says, your daughter's dead. She died. He had to be thinking, you know, if he'd only not stopped to touch that individual along the way. And I want to just say this, that along the way, you're going to look at other people, certain different people, and it's going to seem like God's really moving in their life. And you're going to feel like that God is just doing miracles in their life. And God's just with that. That individual just seems like God's with them. But I want you to know that your miracle is on its way. Jesus, tell him, don't be afraid. Fear not. Only believe, he said, And he spoke the word unto the ruler, Be not afraid, only believe. And we know that Jesus went and raised his daughter from the dead. But sometimes if you're not careful, you can look around when you're in that waiting pattern and you just say, You know, it just doesn't seem right, Lord. This one's getting blessed here and that one's getting blessed here. And I can't feel you. I don't know where you're at. But God's got you in that place where he's going to move in your life. Don't ever get yourself... Don't your eyes be looking down here. Rejoice with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Rejoice when God moves on their behalf. Amen. Because your miracle is going to come one of these days. You're going to wake up and say, man, that that situation, it's behind me. I've come through it. God is good. Sometimes it happens and you don't even realize it. You're just walking down the street one day and say, hey, you know, God took care of that situation for me. Amen. James tells us this. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, diverse trials, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. God's trying to bring us to a place where we can be like Paul was. He said, whatever state I find myself in, I'm content. I can know how to be lifted up. I know how to be abased, but whatever state I find myself in, I find myself being content. This fact that God is on the throne, nothing gets past our God. Hallelujah. God has got your hand your life in His hands. Amen. And He's going to move on your behalf. you believe that tonight? He said He started this story in you. He started this book. He's the author and He's the finisher of our faith. And there's sometimes there's chapters in that story that we'd like to take out. There's sometimes chapters in there we'd like to remove. We don't like some of them in there. But God's the author and He's also the finisher of our faith. Can you say thank you, Jesus? Amen. Let's all stand tonight. I don't know where you're at today if you feel like you're in a waiting room and you feel like, you know, you just don't know where God is or what direction you need to go in. We need to remember this. I want to just remind you of this, that it's what we become in the process. God, no matter whether or not you feel like you can feel God and your prayers don't get higher than the ceiling of your your bedroom I want you to know that God is working on your behalf (laughs) he didn't take a vacation he didn't just set you over there I'm just going to leave him alone for a while no he's working in your behalf we might be in that waiting room but don't miss the miracle of the moment God's trying to do something in your life right now. And you need you remember that his thoughts are not our thoughts. Get your eyes off your situation. Get your eyes off where you're at today and seek the Lord. I invite everyone to come today, tonight and just to come before the Lord and to say, "God, what is it that you're trying to say to me?" Too often we're trying to tell God what we want him to hear. And how many times do we just slow down and long enough to say, "God, What is it that you're trying to speak into my life? What is it that you're trying to do in my life? Lord, we need you. Hallelujah. Let's pray to him right now. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord. I pray for my brothers and sisters tonight that you're going to touch each and every one of them. God, in this journey, in this trial, in this life that we live and walk with you. God, we know there's periods of waiting. Divine delays but oh god hallelujah we know that you're in those delays it's not that you've left us i pray for my brothers and sisters tonight that you're going to touch them and move oh god like only you can move do a miracle in the house tonight show somebody the way oh lord hallelujah let us get in tune with you and say jesus hallelujah lord what is it that you want hallelujah thank you jesus